on this episode of This Is Game Boy, no diggity, we gotta bag it up. I am E Bloody Candy. With me, I have my fantastic co-host Mula. Hello there, Mula. What have you been up to lately? Oh, not much. Uh, you know, playing games and the such, which is uh, a thing I do every time. So, what a big surprise there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I have been playing quite a few games, and even by the time this airs, I will have played a lot more because we're kind of ahead with our recordings. Um, but yeah, let me talk about what I've been playing the past two weeks, I think. Uh, it's been since we last recorded, at least. Um, I have finished Castlevania Element of Innocence, which was a fun game. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. It's a very basic 3D Castlevania game. Um, there's not much to it, but at least it was fun, and that's pretty much everything you need in a game so yeah that, that was fun looking forward to playing the next one which is curse of darkness but in between and as i'm playing them chronologically from the story uh, point of view not from the game uh, released um castlevania 3 dracula's curse is in between them so i have to beat that one first uh, i'm kind of scared because that game is hard uh, it's fun though yeah i've i Played it a few times, but I've never been able to beat it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I might even check out the Netflix series in between as well, because that's pretty much the same uh, same story. So it's a really good anime. Yeah, everybody. Um, I, I love it. Uh, everybody's praising it, so I guess I should uh, watch it. And it's not that many episodes anyway, so I'll get through it pretty quick. No, they they just came out with the second season, so yeah, I think I saw the first one is four episodes, the second one is like six or yeah, something like that yeah so yeah that's that's pretty quickly to watch no no biggie there um besides that like i said last time i've been doing the spyro trilogy uh last time i've beaten the first one yesterday i've uh, completed the second one which was not harder um but you can see that uh they have not completely finished spyro 2 and 3 yet hence why they're not on the game disc itself uh there's a few bugs here and there that can break the game if you are not careful but it's always easy to reset the game or something so it's not that big of a problem but you can see it's not as polished as uh, as the first one is but yeah that one is done today i've been playing the third one 50 percent done or something like that so i'm just uh no pun intended just flying through those games uh, it's it's yeah it's a lot of fun it's it's just a chill game to uh to play so i can highly recommend it to people um besides that i've been trying to play pokemon let's go but it's going very very slowly for me <laughs> um i almost up to the first fight with giovanni so i can get the sylph scope and i can go uh go to the lavender tower what what's it called uh, yeah whatever um pokemon tower pokemon tower there we go yeah so i've been doing that um as i was done with lament of innocence i started a new game for my afraid train streams and that one is resident evil zero also gonna try and play through all the the resident evil games chronologically story-wise 
which is going to be a big mess when it comes to uh, the whole part in Raccoon City. Because not only does two take place there, also three simultaneously, um, then you have Outbreak 1 and 2 simultaneously there, and Operation Raccoon City simultaneously. So. I was going to say, have fun with Operation Raccoon City. That game is... that That's a game. Yeah, it, it looks playable at least, so I guess cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna see that I can finish uh, Zero and um, the first one before Resident Evil 2 Remake comes out because I'm really looking forward to that game. Uh, I, I loved it as a kid, so it's gonna be That cool remake to looks awesome. Yeah, it, it like, really does. Um, the only thing I'm confused about is um, like in the original game, you had the ability to play each character from a different starting point. Uh, so you yep. had Leon A and B and Claire A and B. But uh, story-wise, it's actually Leon B and Claire A that are canon. So I wonder if you're going to do it like that, like that that it's um, yeah, just one campaign for each, or if they're going to do it the same way as they did originally. So that's something to look forward to. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely super excited about that. Um, enough about newer games or HD games and, and uh, <laughs> things like that. I did play some Game Boy as well. Um, so this week I've beaten Shin Shan 1 and 3. Uh, yeah, nothing much to it. They're fun games, fast <laughs> games. Uh, 3 is just a bunch of mini games. 1 is a platformer that also has a bunch of mini games in between, but um, can't say anything bad about those games really. But they're not like the best games ever or something on Game Boy. Um, moving on, I went into Amazing Spider-Man, the very first one on Game Boy. A lot of people do not like the Spider-Man games on Game Boy. They are not great games, far from it, but I do like all three of them. They they each have something. Playable. Yeah, they, they, they each just have something very fun. Like the first one is just a very hard beat-em-up, I would say. Um it's, it's always hard to call these games beat-em-ups because you punch people once and they're gone. So <laughs> it's it's hard. But I wouldn't call it an action platformer either because there's also not that much platforming in it. So let's just go with a beat-em-up. Uh, the second one is more of like an exploration game where you go from point A to point B, pick up item C to open door D and, and so on. Um, and the third one is back to being more like the original, like the first one. Uh, that one is really, really hard, but it's it, again, it's a really fun game. So I don't know. A lot of people hate on them, but I think you should check them out and, and give them a chance at least. Um, and the last one was Super Bickery Man, which I can only um, like talk about. Like it's a combination of Sailor Moon on Game Boy and eSparks on Game Boy, so it's a weird combination, but it's like a super fast game. Uh, you can only get the true ending when you beat it on normal mode, which is not that much harder than easy mode. Um, it, I played it for an hour, so it, it's not that hard. It's it's pretty cool. Um, if people like Japanese-only games, can check them out, I guess. Man, Sailor Moon and eSparks? Yeah, it's like... the. The sprites are like uh, Sailor Moon, like very big sprites. 
most of the times you can just walk past all the enemies and the levels if you know where to go. And this one is a little more exploratory than, than Sailor Moon, not just left to right, but sometimes you have to find <laughs> the correct door to enter. Um, and there's like a few items you can get that actually help you instead of just <laughs> refills for your health. You have to be a little bit more careful. Uh, but the fighting system is more in yeah like esparks where um if you have enough power you transform and then you can fly and then you can shoot from your sword um and the bosses are also a little bit more more tailored to uh, strategy than just hitting them when they're hittable oh <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it, it was a fun game it's nothing special it's not a super great game but it's definitely something you can check out if you're like bored for half an hour I'll probably check it out. That sounds like a good game. Like I like Sailor Moon and I like the Sparks. So yeah, both are. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely in the line of those games. Esparks, of course, is a really good game, even though the sprites are uh, also kind of big and it's sometimes hard to see if you don't know where the enemies are uh, in advance. But besides that, Esparks is is one of my favorite games on Game Boy. Uh, this one is less than that, but it's still it's still good. <laughs> So yeah, that was uh that was me. What have you been up to? Um, let's see. Pokemon. I beat Pokemon. Let's go. Uh, I don't know, like two or three days after it came out, I was very <laughs> under leveled when I beat it. <laughs> but uh, I'll get more into that when we do uh when we do an episode about it. Um, I caught like five or six shinies now. And I'm just like, eh. So it just like sits in the drawer mm-hmm. at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a, a small little Steam game called it's called Armello, and uh, it's it's hard to describe what it is. It's it's a strategy board game with elements like Civ and D and D all mashed together. Um. It's it's really interesting. Like you have cards for equipment and spells and trickeries. You have a board with um, terrain on it. So like you have plains. You have forests which can stealth you at night. You have mountains which gives you defense. Swamps which takes away health. Then when you're fighting sequence, you have you have dice to roll for attack and for and for defense. And it's it's a pretty cool game. I've probably poured like forty hours into it already. So um, definitely a game I'm too dumb to play. <laughs> that that sounds so hard. It's it's not though. Like I, I don't know. It's 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 pretty fun. Um, I'll say that I've actually played Game Boy games recently, surprisingly or not. Um, I played oh god, Side Pocket. <laughs> what a dumb, dumb video game. Um, oh god. Like, you have ten shots to, like, make it through the entire game if you're going to go that route, and it's like, no. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> then I played what you guys call FIFA 95, uh, what we call FIFA International. Yeah. Uh, that game was... not. It's not even a game. It's unplayable. It, 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 it literally is unplayable, yeah. <laughs> I can't agree. I, I scored, from, I scored on, off a kickoff from half the pitch... And that was the only goal I made. And I'm like, well, all right. Yeah, have fun trying to figure out how to keep the ball at your uh, at your player. 
Like, I still didn't understand. Right, and then I played FIFA 96 right after that. Mm-hmm. And it was literally the same game, except you get to keep the ball when you walk over it. Yeah. <laughs> and that game was playable. Um, then I played FIFA 98, Road to the World Cup. Um, that game wasn't bad. I felt like 96 was better than 98, though. Yeah. But overall, not awful. Uh, then I played 4-in-1 Fun Pack Volume 1. And I forgot how to play backgammon, so I got really frustrated on stream <laughs> playing that. Um, and then reversey, I'm just awful at reversey. Like, I just don't understand the strategy of that game at all. I don't even know what that is, to be honest. It's the it's the little, like, checkers game where if you hop over one, depending on, like, if your color's on both ends, and you, then the things in between become your color as well. I think some oh, yeah, call, yeah, like, yeah, Othello or Othello, whatever. Othello, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, And then I play 4-in-1 Fun Pack Volume 2. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, The second one is, if you're going to play one of the two, play the second one. <laughs> okay. Um, Well, the second one has Dominoes, which is fun. All it has right. Solitaire, which is whatever. Uh, it has it has yacht, which is basically Yahtzee, um, and it has another one. I can't remember what it is, but it's bad, and I don't remember how to play. Oh, it was cribbage, and I don't. I've never played cribbage before in my life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is either. Yeah. yeah so like, I was like playing cribbage. And I'm like, I don't understand how cribbage is played. Like, I looked online and read about it, and there's like five thousand page articles how to play cribbage. They're like, this doesn't help me play cribbage. So like, I just learned on the fly. And I'm like I don't I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, <laughs> if you know how to play cribbage, it might be a great game for you. But I've never played cribbage in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doesn't the first one have uh, checkers as well, or chess? Yeah, the first or one, chess. The first the first one has chess. Chess, yeah. Which I you which if you ever watch my playthrough, you can see I'm just a grandmaster at chess. Um, I got destroyed like I think six turns. Um, <laughs> On the easiest difficulty, mind you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, looking forward to playing all the chess games for Game Boy because I have absolutely no idea how to play chess. And I have been... Uh, in the past, I've people have tried to teach me and they all gave up after 10 minutes. I do not understand that at all. I can, I can tell you how each piece moves, but I cannot give you a strategy on how to win. <laughs> yeah, I'm five minutes later, I forgot how each piece piece moves so yeah. it's, like it's I, not a game for me like i did the chess master on game boy that one took me like an hour and a half to finally win a game and then but there's like a there's like the new chess master on game boy i'm like can't wait to play that one oh <laughs> yeah and then yeah there's checkers and i'm awful at checkers apparently too <laughs> um and then yeah there's uh backgammon which i haven't played backgammon in like 25 years so i completely forgot how to play backgammon um and there's a i forgot what the fourth one was uh yeah it doesn't matter anyway i think i lost that one too so (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't fun pack volume one wasn't very fun for me (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like i'm at game 195 or just be game 195 so I, I'm five away from my 2018 goal of being 200 games in. So pretty excited for that, honestly. 
Yeah. I don't know what my game. I don't know what two hundred game is going to be yet, but it's, yeah, there's it's in there. Plenty of short games you can you can uh, try out just to reach that goal. Like I'm kind of trying to do that as well right now. Um, I want to hit three hundred, well, two ninety nine at least before the end of the year. But uh, I think it's still like seventeen games away, so <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen during this month. <laughs> you should just check my list and see what. I've done versus what you've done and see what's short. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to see a bunch of sports games. If I still have the time just to get rid of them. Like nobody ever picks them. If they win a raffle anyways, um, might as well just get them off the list forever. So they're gone. If you want to play a really bad sports game, play tip off. It only came out in Europe. Oh, I don't, and I it's, don't know. It's, it. And it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Like, there are not that many actually good sports games on Game Boy, so yeah. That's true. But you can play College Slam. That's actually a fun game. It's basically college college basketball, but NBA Jam style. So sure, and it's one, yeah. it was only like a half hour, I think. It wasn't bad. Yeah, that, that sounds okay. Because, again, I really not a sports guy so the rules of many of the sports are just lost to me like i still have no idea how uh, american football works that that is just that game does not make any sense at all to me so getting through those games is going to be fun but like always i'm just going to do one match and i don't even care if i win or lose anymore it's it's come that far that i don't even care anymore i just played them uh here's the game everybody have fun if you want to <laughs> waste your time playing these things but i'm not going to do but it the game boy football games american football games you don't even need to know the rules you just pick a passing play and throw the ball <laughs> yeah, that that's all you gotta do me. like what does i think tech mobile is the only one i've played so far that impossible game just not playable for it me it was at least. tough it was tough i almost lost in the super bowl <laughs> yeah that was back when i would do my my game goals for sports games would be a play a full season yeah yeah and i spent 12 or 13 hours playing Madden 97. Oh, and then at that point on, I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Like the only one I've played through fully was Nintendo World Cup, which is a great game. Um, But when I revisited it, I only did like the final match because it's constantly the same thing. And the only difficult thing about that entire football game, soccer game, for people who call it soccer is literally the final match the rest of the games are free so yeah i just did that one again yeah the final match was tough Mm. like there was like like the curve was flat up until the final game that it just spiked impossible yeah so that's fun to like actually (laughs) do because then you have a goal and you get an actual cool well cool you actually get a credits thingy so yeah yeah yeah, World Cup was a fun game. Yeah, yeah it was a it was a good game. Yeah, and for people no, who don't good. know that it's it's a Cuno football game, so it's it's like yeah. fighting and and soccer at the same time. Like you can take down your opponents and they're just lying on the ground for like it's half like an hour. Super, it's like super dodgeball, but with soccer. Yeah, but uh, it's not as good as mag- as magnetic soccer though. <laughs> that game is. That is the goat of soccer games. It's all right. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather play actual foosball than 
and that one. <laughs> but you can play foosball on the go. In, yeah, no. no. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad or anything, like, but yeah, it's the <laughs> the controls. The controls took a lot, a long time for me to figure out, but uh, once I did, it was all right. Hardest difficulty is impossible in that game. <laughs> well, yeah, I, did, I didn't even try that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Anyway, when we come back, we'll be talking about Mole Mania. Hooray, <laughs> boy, Mole Mania. Boy, do we have stories for you. <laughs> for <laughs> Stay sure. tuned. back everybody uh yeah mole mania this is a very late game in the game boy life cycle very late game uh would come out in japan on july 21st of 96 and then come out in the u.s uh february of 97 did it come out in europe february 97 as well or just 97 it, it just said 97 like most of the times when you look at uh, the european release date they just say the year well i'm not sure why that is but huh it's interesting but uh yeah this was developed by a company called pax softonica um i think they're just called softonica now aren't they yeah, for but, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, if you listen to the Balloon Kid light, you probably heard this name because they developed Balloon Kid for the Game Boy. Uh, they did Wave Race, Donkey Kong 94, Top Rank Tennis. Yeah, that's all That's all on Game Boy they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, they, were they a part of Nintendo's R&D 4 or were they in like collaboration with nintendo's r&d4 oh uh, yeah they work together with nintendo for yeah. a few games uh not that many and most of them were in fact on game boy um but um also a lot of the games that they made for nintendo only came out in japan so we have no idea what those are um because the names don't ring any bells or anything um but yeah, they, they worked for quite a while with them, but uh, when they changed to just Softonica, they actually stopped working for Nintendo completely. And um, they still make games and software, but mostly only for the Asian market. Um, and actually, most of the time, they, uh, they teach game design right now and programming in China. Yeah, I was gonna say from what I read when I was doing the Balloon Kid light, they were doing a lot of like learning and just like tutorial programming at this point. Now they weren't making like Balloon Kid two or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, going on to Nintendo's um R and D team. So Nintendo had a bunch of like different development teams you know, associated with them. They had R&D 1, which was basically, like, Mario and stuff like that. Um, but Nintendo's Entertainment Analysis and Development, or EAD, 
was once upon a time Nintendo's research and development team for or Nintendo R and D for. It was one. It was the biggest division inside of Nintendo. Um, always curious though with this is that whatever happened to the other three or five teams that they had? Because they had they had R and D one, R and D two, R and D three, and four. And we all know like R and D one was typically the Mario and the Metroid team. But like I I would I did all of them eventually merge into EAD or did they just stick disperse the divisions and just make something else altogether? Um that's always something I've I've always tried to find, but it's kinda hard to find information on some of Nintendo's uh inner workings for some reason. I don't know why either. Yeah, do you know Mo? No, no idea. Like, this is the only information I found, and that's that like R and D four just merged with uh, with the software planning and development division of Nintendo back in two thousand fifteen. So now they're known as uh, EAD. Um, but uh, I never hear much about R and D two or R and D three. It's mostly one and four. To be fair, it's interesting because I know it has. Because I I know EAD was preceded by the creative department, um, which people had, which it was just basically a built with people with fourteen trillion different jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like Miyamoto was a part of that, uh, Takuza uh, was a part of that as well, um, and they both they both managed EAD Studios, uh. Then they're always in credits. Like even to this day, you'll probably see some sort of Takuza or Miyamoto in in the credits. Like whether if it's a thanks or a homage or a he had his hand in this, you know, type deal. Like they they're always a part of the credits in some sort of manner. Um, but yeah, EAD had a lot of good games in the works. Donkey Kong, Mario, like we've already talked about, um, Animal Crossing things of that nature so the ugh, the Wii ugh. <laughs> yeah the Wii that that's yeah that was a weird weird console a weird time for gaming uh actually <laughs> cost a lot of troubles that you still see nowadays actually uh which yeah. which I'm not very fond of um especially what the Wii did was open up the gaming market to a lot of uh well, a lot of everybody, um, resulting in games that weren't really games and otherwise uh, making a lot of games way, 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 way too easy um, so that everybody could play them. And that's something you still see nowadays because there's a lot of games still getting released that are just yeah too easy. And then you, of course, had... Uh, the Dark Souls franchise, and now every time there's a game that's even a little <laughs> bit harder than uh, anything that came out on the Wii, it's like, oh, it's the Dark Souls of Blah, it's the Dark Souls of Blah. It's it's just awful. Awful. I, I, Thank you, Wii. I love, I love when you get on that soapbox about the Dark Souls thing. <laughs> oh, I, I just hate it. There, there's like... Two terms I really hate in video gaming or in, in, in reviewing video games. It's the Dark Souls off, especially when talking about really easy games. I think I said this last time that some guy wrote that uh, 
the new Spyro trilogy, suddenly the difficulty ramps up and it becomes the Dark Souls of Spyro games. Uh, absolute because uh, <laughs> those games are made for kids. Uh, and the second t term I really hate is a Metroidvania because <sighs> if you are if you want to use the term Metroidvania. Metroid itself is a Metroidvania, and that does not make any sense, for starters. Uh, and it's not because you have RPG elements in your games that suddenly it's a Castlevania game, or the other way around. It's, it just Stop using that term altogether. It's just uh, like an ex exploration action game. Is it, is it so hard to just say that? No, we, we have to use Metroidvania. Oh, it's, it, it drives me mad. I, uh... When I submitted Kid Nikki to SGDQ 2018, this is 2018, yeah, 2018, I, uh, I wrote in the comments that this is the Dark Souls of the Game Boy games. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really hoping that people would read it and just start laughing, and it made, like, the GDQ, like, submission tweets and everything else. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, Mind you, like, Kid Nikki is hard to play fast. It's fairly easy casually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, using the term the Dark Souls off in a funny way is actually, well, funny, but but <laughs> using it to describe everything that's harder than, than hitting a, a ball with a racket is, it's going crazy. They use it for everything now, so yeah, it's, like it's really Spy sad. Spyro wasn't that hard of a game. Like, I played Spyro as a kid in... If if young EBC could do it, anyone could do it. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't even play video games that much when I was a kid, unless it was the Game Boy. So, I, I mean, like, I was able to do Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. I would say Crash Bandicoot is harder than Spyro. Oh, that, in oh my, yeah, in yeah my for opinion. sure, yeah. So, yeah, sounds like that person just didn't grow up playing video games or playing the wrong video games rather mm -hmm. still curious how Rare's going to handle battle toads though oh i hope they make it so hard that nobody can play it <laughs> <laughs> just do because that's what it was uh you no, had to you're take not your wrong time. yeah you had to take your time with the game you had to learn how to play it and i think that that's still a market that uh that can be uh very good to make games for sadly it will not sell well uh by that yeah. point in today's standards well, it'll sell well because it'll be called battle toads but yeah that's about it like mega man 11 for example like had three or four different difficulties and if you played it on the easiest difficulty you had to try and die like i i played it on the easiest difficulty. i did a speed run on the easiest difficulty and I accidentally fell into a pit, and I was like, crap, and then I got lifted up with beat and put onto a platform. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I accidentally, like, fell off a platform onto a, onto like onto the spikes that instantly kill you. No, they just do one damage to you. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're going to slide through everything. Like, there's no danger on easy mode at all. And I'm like, okay. And I was just like, <laughs> This is completely different than my normal playthrough I did on normal. Like mm -hmm. normal, I was like getting frustrated and almost throwing my controller, but didn't because <laughs> the controllers are expensive. And <laughs> you know, I was just like, man, like this is this is a Mega Man game right here. And then yeah, I played the easiest version. I'm like, I 
I hate anyone that would play this as their blind playthrough. <laughs> this is not a Mega Man game. Yeah, oh, I, I get that. But yeah, thank you, uh, Nintendo EAD, for starting that whole thing yeah. with, with the Wii series. So that was a little... Uh, Pre- appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, EAD was responsible for a lot of other things, too. Like Zelda, everyone's favorite franchise, Nintendo franchise, Zelda. Yeah. Because Mario, Mario is bad. Um, let's see. Uh, all the hot takes. Animal Crossing. Dude, Animal Crossing is a, a very underrated game. I love Animal Crossing games. Yeah, it's nothing for um, me, but I do see how people can love that series. I, I ugh, No, that's that's super boring for me. No, thank you. I uh I played uh what's the one that came out for th- like came out for 3ds like really early on like New Leaf or something like that. I caught so many bugs. Oh <laughs> man, it was a blast. I paid off my rent so fast, and then uh, they came out with Pikmin, which I played Pikmin one back in the day, and it was okay. I that's a series I could never get into. Yeah, the only Pikmin-related game that I played was the one actually in Nintendo Land. Uh, when Wii U came out, you got Nintendo Land with it, at least at the oh, start yeah. of the release. And they had like a mini game based on the Pikmin series. So that's the only one I actually ever played. You know, I don't know much about Pikmin besides that. Um, besides him, ble- uh, like, what's his name? Cap- Oliver. Yeah, Oliver being a character in Smash, of course. and Probably one of the hardest characters to play with like i don't even understand how to deal with it so. yeah i forgot about nintendo land i completely I, forgot about yeah that. everybody forgot about it that's why the wii u <laughs> <laughs> didn't sell well yeah huh yeah yeah pikmin was a series i just, I, I never got into like it, it's fun to watch like I'll, I'll watch speed runs of it but it's just a game i just never never enjoy like i enjoyed it but just never was on my radar to play it again um but moving on mole mania was published by nintendo so obviously nintendo would have their <laughs> hand in publishing i mean they worked on it <laughs> so uh but it was composed by uh taro taro bando taro bando i don't know how to pronounce his name i'm really bad with names by the way um sound engineer who worked uh who who works for uh, Nintendo EAD. He's done things. He's done Animal Crossing. He's done Mario Kart. Uh, I believe he's, he uh, helped with F-Zero and obviously uh, composed music for Moltmania as well. Yeah, uh, he's not that much of a composer. He only actually did uh, Moltmania and F-Zero X. Um, he's actually mo- mostly known as a sound engineer. And he just works together with Nintendo for a lot of games. So, but yeah, the, oh, these sure. two games he actually did compose. So those are the only ones he ever did. He supervises now, isn't he? He's like a sound supervisor for Mario. Isn't yeah, it? indeed. Yeah. But yeah, one thing we... Well, we, I didn't write down uh, specifically. This game we're talking about, Mo Mania, is basically the brainchild of Miyamoto. So... Um, he totally came up with with the entire concept, basically, of this game. Thanks, Miyamoto. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what's the... So this is where I always let Mo do all the talking because I'm awful at describing plots. 
So, uh, Mo, what's this game about? Yeah, pretty easy. You don't even have to know the plot, really, because the beginning cutscene basically is this plot. So you can just play the game. But in case you're wondering what it is anyways, uh, once upon a time there was a mole named Muddy. He lived happily with his wife Maggie and their seven children. One day when Maggie and the kids were playing outside, Jinbei, the evil farmer, appeared. Maggie tried to protect her children, but Jinbei was too strong for her. Muddy came home to find a letter from Jinbei telling him the news. Muddy left for Jinbei land to get his family back. So yeah, pretty pretty typical uh, plot thingy. Um, a farmer is angry that moles are wrecking his garden, I guess. Because that's not never explained, but I guess that's where the idea comes from, at least. And uh, yeah, he steals or kidnaps the wife and kids of uh, the main character. And then you have to go and rescue them. So nothing special, I guess. But pretty original. Uh, something that was never done before this game, at it's least. Not the, it's not the mole's fault. They're blind. They don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's I, yeah, it's original. Like it's it's a cool concept to start this game with um, because the gameplay is is highly um based upon the story of how uh moles actually go through their lives so yeah it makes sense um yeah besides that there's not much to it you just go to all of the stages in jimbei land i don't know why he has his own land um like that seems a little bit weird but yeah for sure <laughs> why not get to get your own land i guess uh, <laughs> it's like Mario Land, you know, in 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 Super Mario Land. Why does he have his own island? Like it, it's it's just crazy. <laughs> oh boy! But uh, yeah, when you start the game off, he gives you a nice little letter. Just rubs it right in your face. Just hey, I stole I stole your wife and kids. Come get me. Yeah, yeah, the, you get you get the letter in the game itself, or you can also find it in the manual, actually. Uh, yep. But yeah, it, it, it says, Dear Muddy, ha ha ha, I have kidnapped your wife and kids. If you want them back, you'll have to find them in Jinbei Land. I'll be waiting for you, Jinbei. Jinbei Land. <laughs> Jinbei Land, sure. Oh, boy. That's, what, that's his ranch. <laughs> Actually, but, you never uh, see a ranch, so that that's even weirder. No, you don't. Where is this like, ranch? Like, for it being a farm, there are a lot of rocks. There are a lot of other things I would worry about, such as like dinosaur, like the alligator things in the first world. <laughs> and uh, the only thing that they're growing is cabbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like a bad farm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much the the farm you start with in Stardew Valley. It's it's a complete mess. <laughs> it th is. That's it his is. land. That's Jimbe land. <laughs> it's the precursor to harvest. <laughs> <laughs> or or it's the sequel where what's it, what happens when you don't Ooh. take care of your farm? It's like After the dark sideline, like in the in the Zelda <laughs> timeline when he didn't defeat Ganon. And this is when you didn't it's, manage your farm. It's the bad timeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But speaking of, I, ha I actually have a manual for this game. And 
it's it's a pretty cute manual, mind you. Uh, like you open it up and it has um, all the characters in the manual. They're like hand drawn, like hand drawn, scanned, obviously, but they're like hand drawn in, and they they all look very good. And like on the very last page of the manual is this adorable baby mole. I'm <laughs> assumingly one of his kids, and it's it's adorable. And like that's all it is. The, the page is just a baby mole, and like the whole manual is cute. Uh, it doesn't really tell you much. It tells you the plot, obviously, uh, and how to play the game. But for the most part, like that's all it tells you. But uh, the actual art in the manual is really good. Yeah, I really enjoy well-done manuals. They don't even have to say a lot of information. Just looking at the art, because like, I'm a graphic artist, so it's, it's always nice for me to see a lot of cool art and stuff like uh, the manuals. Um, like... Some of the game guides, sometimes I just buy game guides for the art that's in them, not even to, to have a walkthrough oh, yeah. or anything, but um, like I have most of the, at least starting from Final Fantasy X onwards, I have most of the hardcover guides just because they're cool to look at. There's a lot of cool um, cool art in there. Um, probably two of the best uh, game manuals out there or, or guides um came from fangamer um people know that website yeah. they, they make a lot of uh <clears throat> like how do you call it um things <laughs> i don't know like uh the, the ones i'm talking about are the earthbound and the uh mother tree manual that they actually produce themselves and it, it's just such a fun read um the earthbound one is based on the one you got with the game but it's a little bit more uh detailed so it, it has like fun tidbits like uh tourism stuff I, I i have another manual like that but now i don't remember which one it is yeah i have a few game guides i have all i had every single legend of zelda hardcover strategy guide i guess you can call it mm -hmm. um but I mainly just use them for the art. I have like the high, the history of Hyrule or the uh, Hyrule oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever it's called. Well. I have that. Um, I have the Fan Gamer um, Zelda one as well for uh, Hero of Time. I think it is, um, which is just like a big like hardcover book of like a bunch of art and everything else. If you guys don't know I like Zelda franchise a lot. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have I have all the Metal Gear guides as well just because i really really like metal gear solid a lot mm, me too um metal gear is probably my second favorite franchise for those that don't know um and i like i have a bunch of others like i have a bunch of blizzard ones from like their, their old starcraft their old wild days and stuff like that I, like, I have a world of warcraft strategy guide which i have no idea why they would ever make one but i have <laughs> one but some of the art in there is actually really cool uh, it, like it takes you back from it takes you back to the roots of Warcraft type stuff like that. So like it's always fun for me to go back and look at some of those things. And uh, like I studied art in college, and uh, so like art for me uh, is a really big part of my life. So I I like to have a lot of nice video game art throughout various things in my apartment. Mm, me too. And those books are like the, just the art books. Like I have the Mega Man twenty fifth anniversary art book. Those are like fun books to have on your table in the we call it a salon but <laughs> in the living room that's it on the living room table go. when you have I, like, I don't know what a salon yeah is. <laughs> <laughs> when you have people visiting they can just like pick up the book and, and look through it like 
most people just have magazines and tabloids on them, but uh, I would rather look through an art book. So yeah, if I visit you people sometime, just make sure you have some cool video game art book lying around that I can look at because I'm not much of a conversationalist, so it will get boring. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what a magazine is nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. like a TV guide or something. Those are yeah. the, the kind of things. TV you guide. Oh man, people still watch TV. You, like I you don't really live in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have I have a Yu-Gi-Oh TV guide. I'll put on the coffee table. For uh, you. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, like talk more about like Jimbe Land. Uh, <laughs> back to that, like uh, gameplay in this game. I mean, it's an action puzzler. You know, you gotta you gotta work your way through. Um, so like every world has, I don't remember how many quote unquote stages or areas. Um, it depends on the world. I think the first starts did it with very okay, like four by four or five by five. Um, and it goes on to, I think, stage five, and then it's a five by five grid, a six by six grid, a seven by seven grid. And that last one okay. is too many rooms. It's too many. Don't do I that. I would say like the last the last two worlds are too many. Yeah, it's it's too many. And some of but, them aren't uh, even rooms where you have to do anything, and it's still too many. So Yeah. Like so like you go through, and the point of the game, or the point of the game in each area, is to figure out how to go from the entrance to the exit, and that's going to be a combination of muddy. You're the main character, either throwing some rocks around, pushing some rocks around, um, and maneuvering through a maze type thing, mm-hmm. either above the ground or below the ground. Yeah. And if you start, and if you start digging holes. If you start moving rocks, like throwing rocks around or, or just pushing rocks, if the rock goes into a hole, it resets. Um, so there's a strategy side of or a strategy element to the game as well, where you have to um, intelligently think where you're going to place your dig holes because you are going to have to go underground all, like almost the entire game. You are a mole, after all. Digging is part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously you throw a cabbage. Well, I guess not obviously. For us, it was <laughs> obvious. You throw a cabbage into a hole, and you get a quarter of a health. I think it's like a quarter of a health uh, heart. Correct. You collected all the cabbages. I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the the main reason for collecting cabbages is actually just completion stuff. Uh, but if you are hurt, because uh, you you have four hits, by the way. Um, so you can actually die, but you just reset from the last room you cleared. Uh, but if you if you are hurt and you throw one of the cabbages into one of your digging holes, you actually do get like part of it back. So, and then uh, so yeah, so like once you get you throw a cabbage in, you get some health back, some points completion. If you're into the if you're a completionist. Uh, and then along the way, they have like these little like if you dig underground, sometimes you'll see like a little like path that goes like off into Netherland, and you go over there. And, like there could be some, <clears throat> there could be some one ups, there could be some health, there could be a bonus area. Like you step on it, and you go into like, a bonus game. And the bonus games I did not enjoy <laughs> at all. 
Yeah, the game has a lot to offer gameplay wise. Like, um, it is a it is a uh, puzzle game for sure, with a lot of interesting mechanics. To be fair, um, like knowing how to get those, I I guess they're iron balls. Uh, how to get those around the stage is pretty cool. Like, oh, are they? I I think so. I'm not. <laughs> I sure. I thought they were rocks. I'm not sure what they. I think they're <laughs> iron balls, but yeah, uh, doesn't really matter. But what you can do is you can push them, you can pull them, or you can throw them over you. So even if you're like, if you dug a hole and you um, want to get the ball over it, you just have to push it near the hole so you can like uh, ascend from it and then throw it over you so that's a cool mechanic there's um things you can only push there's uh pipes that automatically let the ball go somewhere where it's pointing at um what else are mechanics that there's a lot of them actually in this game there's like spikes there are- you can't climb on but you the ball can go on them it's it's uh yeah, you can't dig in certain areas. Like, if you try to dig, like, Muddy's face just looks like you just dropped an anvil on him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're underground, you can actually poke your nose up. So instead of, like, committing completely above ground, you can poke your nose up and see if there's any dangers, like, coming into your way. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually quite useful throughout the game. Um, especially on the anvil boss. Yeah. and then uh, And then you have parts where... You, or not parts, I guess you have enemies that will either walk around the proximity of the stage, which were most favorite enemies to deal with, um, because <laughs> they were always in his way. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then you had like enemies that would only be underground, and if you dug a hole up in their, on their path, they would jump up and walk above ground and then jump and go back down underground. Those are, in my opinion, the worst enemies to deal with. yeah. Uh, they only appear during the last two stages. Uh, what this yeah. game does well is um, each world introduces either a new mechanic or a new type of enemy you have to deal with. So it always definitely builds up towards um, what you can expect. The first room you encounter a new mechanic or a new enemy is always super easy to deal with, um, just as a tutorial for it. And uh, later on, you just get different combinations of older mechanics or older enemies and newer enemies. So um, they definitely do a good job of providing you with good rooms to deal with, at least. Yeah, I would say like the difficulty curve for this game is almost perfect. Uh, like it starts you off very basic, teaches you like the basics of the game and how to get around the game. And then whenever a new world, whatever time you'd enter a new world or get past the first, you know, get past a checkpoint, which we can talk in a minute about, <coughs> um, it would tell you like, oh, hey, here's a iron, here's an iron ball. Apparently, that's what they're called. You push it to the push it to the lock to to open it up and progress to the next stage. Or uh, hey, here, here's a cabbage you've never seen before. This is what they do. Like it t- it tells you along the way if you if you take the time to read the signs. Like it doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. handhold you per se. Like it doesn't be like doesn't put up a pop up say like oh with this item you do this. Like if you don't read the signs, you're probably not gonna know what to do unless you just want to brute force stuff like I did in my place. <laughs> um. The signs are there for a reason. Some of them are pretty pretty dumb. Most of the time, they're actually quite useful. 
Uh, but I would say like the the difficulty curve for this game was was near perfect until you got to the last world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and another, the only reason. Yeah, go ahead. But the only reason it wasn't perfect is because it was just too damn long. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, something else the game does is um, it's it's not a ramping up difficulty even throughout the game. Like um, a lot of puzzle games, you start with the easy stages and you move on to the very hard stages. Uh, very quickly what this game does is um, it has hard uh, rooms in each world but it also has some very easy rooms in each world and what they usually do is um, like you start a world you get an easy room a harder room an even harder room and the hardest room and then you get a checkpoint and then it kind of resets that's basically how the flow of this game works but yeah, again, each world you go into, you get more and more rooms to deal with, um, resulting in 49 rooms you have to deal with in the end. And basically you have to um, you have to multiply them by two because not only are you working on an upper level, you're also working on a, on a underground level. So right. so basically the in the end you get 100 rooms to deal with. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's too much in my opinion. But the check the checkpoint rooms are cool though. Like we've already we've talked about them twice now, <clears throat> or at least introduced them twice now. Like the checkpoint rooms, the once you walk in, like um, every world has its own music, which is already a, a breath of fresh air for a Game Boy game. Um, but when you go into a checkpoint room, um the music completely changes. It's almost like a calming elevator-esque type music. And there's an old mole there with a, uh, with a wheelbarrow and a heart inside of it. And you just talk to the, talk to the old mole, get a heart. Cause that's how you heal up. And then you go, go to the next, next section of the, uh, of the game, basically. Um, can't dig anywhere in the checkpoint zones. I don't believe. Mm, don't uh, think so, no. I don't think you can. So, uh, it's just a place where you basically you can take a break. That's like your save and quit section, basically. Or uh, if you're if you're hurting on health, that's where you go heal up. So typically, what you do is you do like a few rooms. You probably got your you probably got your butt kicked a few times, you know, in a, in a couple of those rooms because some of those some of those the the okay the problem I had with some of those rooms is you have too many enemies along with a difficult puzzle. Mm-hmm. So your your brain and your eyes are trying to figure out the puzzle all while like your fingers are trying to avoid the enemy. And so you have just a lot going on in certain rooms. And sometimes you'll walk out of there with like a quarter of a health, you know, a quarter of a heart. So you have to backtrack through five rooms to get to it. You go back to that checkpoint, get your heart in and track through those five rooms again just to keep progressing through mm-hmm. uh so there is a decent amount of that in like the later worlds that that's probably that's where i started getting frustrated was when i was trying to like do like three things at once in a video game <laughs> yeah i get you completely yeah i will definitely uh address that more when we yeah get into our section with our thoughts um another yeah. there, there's like two more gameplay mechanics i guess uh, one is kind of also a completion thingy, but uh, in each of the world there are uh, four items hidden. One is a heart refill you can use. Uh, one is the map, 
Um, and I kind of forgot what the other two were, but uh, I have no idea. Yeah, there, there's like four items you can use in the world um, if you want to go look for them. Um, and besides that, besides the entire puzzling section of the game, each world comes with its own boss fight, which is more action based than than the typical rooms you're in. But they're also still kind of small puzzles. Uh, figuring out how to actually beat the bosses. But I guess that's what most bosses are uh, in games anyways. You have to figure out the pattern and, and uh, make it your own so you can actually beat them. So yeah, th those are two things that also come with this game. And we talked earlier about the bonus games. Those are a little bit different than the rest of the game. Uh, the bonus games, uh, you're trying to get all cabbages into your uh, mole holes while Jinbei is chasing you and trying to stop you. And it's like a one-minute timer. Each time you get hit by Jinbei, you lose five uh, seconds. And I think there's always eight cabbages or something you have to try and get in the holes. I, I'm looking at the manual right now to see if I can figure out what those hidden items were. Mm -hmm. And every, every sprite has a crazy name okay. to it. Like, like uh, Asin... Snake face, <laughs> <laughs> and then the rabbit is just simply called rabbit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man, that's oh, and then the anvil boss that we that we talked about earlier is his name is Fun Ton. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun Ton. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. What good names. Uh, the menu, though, the menu has a lot of options to it, which is kind of unusual. Uh, so you have, if you've collected the map, you have access to the map. Yeah. Um, locator, so it uh, just tells you where the boss is, where the bonus stage is, and where the life recoveries are yeah, on the like map. The compass in Zelda. Yeah. Uh, recovery, which is a uh, potion to, to heal yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's a give up button, which uh, <laughs> automatically go to the next stage. Don't use it unless you have oh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number of cabbages dropped. So how many cabbages you threw into a hole. Uh, bonus stage cleared has a pentagram symbol mm -hmm. uh, because they are the devil. <laughs> um, time spent playing the current level. That's kind of interesting to have. Yeah. Um. And then uh, if you don't have any items, no items will be displayed. And then there's more. There's more. There, there's more. There's an exit. There's a select exit to return to the game. There's an escape. So go back to the last, last cleared stage and try again. And uh, return to the level select screen. The clear percentage for that level will be displayed. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's a lot. There's a lot. There is a ton. Like, and the menu is not like crowded by any means. Like they did a very nice job organizing the menu and and making it usable. Like it sounds like there's a lot, but they actually did a very good job like or organizing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Like it, it's a good game. Like <laughs> can't can't say anything bad in that regard. But uh, it's it's very polished. It works well. It has great yeah. music. It has great graphics. Um, but yeah, being one of the latest games on Game Boy, it would have been very sad if uh, if Nintendo couldn't come up with a quality product anyway. So it better have good graphics. <laughs> We're coming out in '95. Yeah, 
Ninety six. So, yeah. Like it, like I, I've played some doozies from that 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 year, namely sports games. But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot. I have a lot more faith in old 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 Nintendo than I do no new Nintendo. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but yeah, let's be like we said. We, we touched base on some bosses. Like every world has its own boss. Uh, it it doesn't play to like a puzzle element, but you still have to understand like base knowledge of the game. Like some of them do require you to go underground. Uh, some of them do require you to understand the push and pull mechanic, things of that nature. But it's more of an action. It's more of a fast paced action game at that point than it is a puzzler. So it's it's kind of a cool combination of the two genres. Uh, something you don't really combine normally. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Very, very nice. Um, now on to everyone's favorite part, which we sometimes forget, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, talking about the cover art of the game. What a good cover art. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's it's very cartoony. It's very, I guess, Nintendo. Yeah, it, it is Nintendo. It's, it's very Nintendo, yeah. yeah. And it's the same for Japan as it is for the rest of the world. Even though, well, Japan has a different box layout, of course, but it has the same image on it, at least. I think most of Nintendo's published games, their box art is all—it's near the same mm-hmm. through all regions. Yeah, the only difference it's... between uh, the Japanese one and the other ones are that you can actually see the Sun Boss on the Japanese one because it's not obstructed by the Mole Mania logo. Uh, but besides that, it's completely the same. Worst boss. He's not fun, no. <laughs> but he's um, easy, but yeah. actually. But yeah, it's a dumb yeah. boss. Yeah, he's easy. It's just, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing, it could be a long one. Mm-hmm. But like right front and center, we got Muddy there with his sun, with his cool shades and his unibrow. Yeah, <laughs> which um. I just noticed as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have... You have the adorable little baby mole next to her holding a an, a heart or an apple. That's a heart, yeah. All right, and then uh, in the back you have you have Jinbei with the with the hoe. That that's the tool, the tool yeah. The tool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, then, and then in the background again you have you have old mole, which looks like Moses almost, and then you have. Uh, wife mole and then you have like only two children back there so apparently the other four didn't make the cut um and then yeah you can like see a little bit of sun boss what the heck is it i think his name is sundays i have no idea wait it's it's not even been that long and i have no idea what the boss name is sundays (laughs) s-u-n-d-e-s his description hey bright boy i'm bright boy (laughs) what (laughs) On Sundays, my flash attack is very blinding. Water is my weakness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Hey, bright boy. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we call moles around here. Oh, um, <laughs> 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 uh, man. But Muddy is, like, digging down the ground a little bit. Looks like he's about to scratch his head. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a, a cool picture. It honestly meshes extremely well with the gameplay. Um like the actual environment itself meshes quite well with the game. 
Yeah, and it's it's just a really nice cover art. Like it's one of the best on Game Boy, really. Yeah, like it's it's colored it's colored quite well. Like there's a lot of different colors, there's a lot of contrast, there's this it's just it's very well done. It's very Nintendo. It's the best way to describe it. Yeah, it like it, it will be really easy to spot a cart if you're looking for it on, on like a flea market or anything. It's like, oh hey, look, it's Mulvania. And then you're right, because it is. Yeah. Yeah. You'll dig Molemania. Says it right on the box. For a while you will. <laughs> <laughs> For the first four worlds you will. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but we apparently got we apparently got some trivia on this game, huh? Yeah, but it's it's nothing nothing much really. Um like Muddy does not appear in any other games. Uh, so this is the only one you will actually see. It's not even in Smash or anything, not as a trophy, which is kind of strange in That's my weird. opinion. Because, like, yeah, there's a lot of weird games in there that nobody has ever heard of. But this one, uh, this one slipped under the radar. Not even, not, ugh, not only when it came out, but still these days, actually. Um, not that many people know this game. That's, of course, why we're talking about it. Um, but yeah... M- you might recognize the Muddy as maybe another character from a more popular game series, Mario, as um, he looks very much like Monty Mole. So, um, yeah, it, of course, they're, they're both made up by Miyamoto, so um, it's normal that they maybe look similar. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's... that's uh, that's a similarity. And something I found, and I'm, uh, I'm just going to read this... Um, so this is a trivia I found somewhere. A likeness between the evil farmer Jinbei to Mario is often cited. Additionally, Jinbei's minions include a cast of Yoshi-esque dinosaurs, similar antagonist-protagonist role reversals of characters like Donkey Kong, when paired with the substantially similar character designs between Mole Mania and Mario franchises, lend credence to the theory that Muddy and Monty are actually the same character as are Mario and Jinbei. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's a bunch of horse manure. Um, it's they are just both designed by Miyamoto, so of course they have similarities, but they are p- completely different characters. They have nothing in common at all. Yeah, like just because they're made by the same person, published by the same company, doesn't make them the same beings as another franchise that they do. It's just like there's similarities, yes, but. Yeah, and Jinbei does not really look like Mario. He would more look like Wario, but still not completely. So, I, yeah, I would say Jinbei is more more resemblance to Wario than Mario, and I would say Muddy Mole is more Muddy Mole than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a weird thing I found, but apparently some people say they are the, the same character. It's weird. Um, I bet those people call things Dark Souls. <laughs> the Metroidvania of Dark Souls of <laughs> of the Mario <laughs> franchise, probably. Moving on, there was one other thing I found which was even weirder than anything I said before. There's actually a creepy pasta written about Mole Mania. Um, I've read it. Um, I think you just read it before the. I the just record. read it. Yeah, the um, it's completely not scary at all. I think it's 
something very lame actually kind of sad that i read it um but yeah besides the fact that the person actually uses a super game boy one to play the game it's it's not scary so it's pretty amusing honestly like i was reading through it like i asked mo i was like was this in the game i was like no i'm like (laughs) oh (laughs) i'm like i don't remember that in the game (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, that's about all the trivia we have on this game. Um, again, it's it's not that well known too, so so yeah, it's normal that there's not that not that much trivia about it. But there is some general reception of the game, which is rare for us. Jason, oh, I, why you give me names, man? Jason Cipriano. Can, there you go. There you go. See. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, by the way. I don't know either. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah. Of MTV, back when they played music videos. Uh, praise the game short and to the point puzzles. Him and I need to have a talk. <laughs> um, I don't think we played the same game. One uh, upcom had compared the game to Adventures of Lolo Low when it comes to gameplay. Not too far off. No, but Adventures of Lolo can burn in hell. Especially the... <laughs> European American Game Boy version of it. Um, oh. I can't talk about the Japanese version. I can't talk about the series on NES. But the Game Boy one, I wish that game did not exist. Yeah. Um, I remember with this, I was I watched Mike Matei Matai, the AVGN Mike Matei. Yeah. Yeah, I watched him play Mole Mania on his stream. And uh, I feel like he may have had the same thoughts that we were about to provoke onto the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I watched him play. Like he, he, gen- he's on stream in a way. I don't know what his final thoughts were of the game, but f- as a as a viewer, he seemed to enjoy the game as well. It it, it is a fun game. It's just it it, it gets long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen him play it. Um... I know a lot of people do not really like uh, Matei <laughs> much in comparison with him with James Rawl, but like I don't know. I enjoy his content. He's a very chill dude, and I, and I, I like watching his content a lot. So yeah, but uh, so yeah, when we come back, we will actually give you more of our thoughts about Mole Mania and uh, buckle up. <laughs> back everybody uh we're going to talk about some well our thoughts on the game our history of why we played this game or how we found out about this game and uh yeah like i said earlier buckle up this is going to be a bit of a ride um for me i watched john carl's play this on his stream which by the way john if you're listening you need, you need to finish Molmania still just a just a heads up, uh, <laughs> but uh, I watched John play this for his for his uh, Game Boy Quest, and I like I I don't like puzzle games. I I don't like anything about puzzle games. Uh, I'm just not good at them. But I thought the game looked pretty cute, and it had a, it had the action element to it, which I could get more behind than the actual puzzle stuff. Um, 
so yeah, when it was time for me to pick a game for Game Boy Adventure, uh, John told me to play Mole Mania. And uh, I think he was a little surprised when I beat it in two days. So, <laughs> um, but uh, that doesn't mean it didn't come with frustration. Like uh, the first like three worlds, I, I, I cruised through the first three worlds, no problem. And then I hit like world, the end of world four. And then I hit world five. And then my frustration was starting to build a bit more because that's when things start to become too much on the screen. Like that's when you have to start dealing with the actual puzzle element versus dodging enemies at the same time. And it's the first time you're meeting an enemy. So you at first don't know how to react with the enemy. Like, like I said, like some of the enemies will just walk on the outside of objects or the map itself. Some will just be like jumping in and out of holes or someone just move back and forth, but you don't know that blindly going into the stage. So you have to like either sit and learn and how to react to the enemies or figure out their movement or worry about the puzzle and then get hit a bunch of times. And it's uh, it, that part really got frustrating. And then as I hit world six and seven, my frustration meter was maxed just because like it was then getting too long like the the worlds themselves were just too long. There was this more and more and more stuff in each puzzle, and it just became it just it just became a nightmare by by the end of World Seven. Um, but the boss rush the boss rush was a breath of fresh air. But the checkpoints in the boss rush are bad, in my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the start, they're okay, but. When you fight Jimby, like, if you die to him, which you will, you get to start, yeah. like, three bosses back. And you're like, well, great. I love fighting this gopher mole boss thing again that takes 100 years to fight. Can't wait to play that. Um, but it, it was it was a nice breath of fresh air. But a lot of my time got sunk into the boss rush because I couldn't kill Jimby. Um, and then, uh, and the, by the way, Jimby, like, if you don't understand... Jimbei's movement, and you don't have a lot of time to figure it out either because he's fast. Fastest farmer in the world, in my opinion. Um like you'll you'll just get owned. Like he'll just he'll just wreck your day. Um The controls though, like I've I thought the controls were fantastic, and I honestly thought the Super Game Boy enhanced border to the game, which we didn't talk about at all, was very, very fitting. Um the border was uh, it said Mole Mania on the bottom, and it had Muddy's paws in the bottom left and right corner. And then it was just a like a hole, like you were diving into a hole. Because um, the border was just like a dirt mound. So you were diving into a hole, and inside the hole was the game. Uh, I thought the border was exceptionally well done. Uh, the I would say the best Super Game Boy enhanced border I have yet to see on Game Boy. Uh, outside of that, the sprites were adorable. Uh, every everything in the game was was cute. Everything in the game was well thought of. Uh, everything, every every little detail that you would hope to find from an, from a Nintendo game uh, was definitely in Mole Mania. Yeah, um, I think we're we're kind of thinking the same line about this game for sure. So a lot that I will have to say, um, you already addressed a little bit as well. So. Um, in either case, um, the game was first brought to my attention by uh, Bangera, 
Um, he had played it before and he really liked it. So one day he uh, won a raffle on my uh, portable pleasure streams and he uh, he asked for me to play it. So um, I just started it and I got through Worlds 1 and 3 fairly easily, um, just like you actually. And um, then I just stopped uh, for some reason. I don't know why, maybe I had another project going on and I just stopped playing that game. Uh, but I moved on from it, so it was a few <laughs> months or even years before I uh, got back into it. Um, our producer Lex had been poking me for quite a while to <laughs> play it because it's it's her favorite game for sure. Um, <clears throat> and then you suddenly said, hey, let's do the next episode on it. So I was kind of forced into playing it again. Um, so yeah, I started doing that again. Uh, first three worlds, beaten in one go again because it's they're easy, pretty short, yeah. uh, pretty easy. So so yeah. Um, but then the rest came, uh, <laughs> and I just want to start by saying, from an objective point of view, this is probably one of the best puzzle games on Game Boy, and also probably one of the best games on Game Boy whatsoever um so whatever i'm gonna say about it or whatever ebc said that might um make it sound bad um it's just a subjective point of view or maybe even not uh maybe it's just a train of thought you have to have while uh, while playing this game uh but yeah don't let our thoughts on this game turn you off from playing it because i can highly recommend it is it, it is a way, very good so. game yeah, so you, you definitely have to play it. Um, but yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's dive a little bit more into this. Um, the controls, they are really easy to understand. And for the most part, uh, they are actually um, pretty decent as well to use. But they're also easy to mess up, in my opinion. Um, and what I'm talking about in particular is the digging button. Um, it's just A to dig and A to pop back out again. Sometimes when you're... Uh, a little bit too fast or you're holding down the button a little bit too long when popping out you just dive back right in um, which can be frustrating if you are uh, trying to avoid an enemy and you mess up your pattern by just diving back into a hole uh, so that's something you definitely have to think about while playing this game don't hold the buttons just press the buttons so um, puzzles it themselves for the entire game basically um, are on a level that are easy enough for me to understand at least um, when I compare it to other puzzle games like Boxel, like uh, Cat Trap, like Adventures of Lolo some of the puzzles are just of a level I cannot grasp um, I said it earlier during our intro um, I cannot play chess and the main reason because of that is probably because I cannot think more than two steps ahead of me. Um, so chess is totally out of the question for me because you have to think 16 moves ahead of you um, and some of the puzzle games also require you to do that. This game is not that complicated, um, it is mostly two steps ahead of you, just uh, figure out a pattern and once you get it you can get through it, so that is that is fine. Um, there was no puzzle really in the game that I, that took more than like uh, maybe 20 minutes to solve for me, and that's pretty good. Um, 
the combination between the puzzling and the action uh, in the game, like destroying the enemies, is a nice change of pace. Uh, but in some rooms, like mentioned before, it results in some very distracting setups. Um, you're trying to figure out the puzzle, but the enemies are trying to kill you, so you have to be very careful. Um, so you have two options. Either you find a safe spot where nothing can hit you and then you try to solve the puzzle, which you can basically do by digging under the ground and then popping your head out without actually making a hole to, uh, to pop out again. But the problem is you're trying to look at the configuration of the actual puzzle. You're trying to figure out like, if I do this, then that will happen and uh, so on and so on. But the constant moving of the enemies around the screen is super distracting. Um, so the only way, to, the other way to solve that is by killing all the enemies. Sometimes yeah. messing up the entire puzzle because of it. Um, so it, it's, yeah, it's weird, but um, it's, it's something you have to decide for yourself. If you have no problems with a lot of distracting things on the screen while trying to solve a uh, puzzle... Um, it will probably not be an issue for you, but for me, it definitely was uh, a big problem in some of the rooms. Yeah. Oh. The the problem with the killing of the enemies pro thing is like when you messed up your puzzle, since you didn't solve it, you have to go pre the previous room into the next one, and all those enemies are back again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a waste of time. Besides uh, being. Uh, very distractive so yeah um but yeah that's that's uh, my thoughts on that um for completionists because i'm a completionist i always like to play games as fully as i can um it's very easy to complete a game all it requires you is to do all the rooms get all the items like the four items we mentioned before get all the cabbages and do the bonus game in each world and that gets you 100 points which is 100% so it's it's not that bad um, it doesn't take much more time to do it because um, usually everything is in your path while solving puzzles besides the bonus game of course um, some of the bonus games are easy some of the bonus games are really 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 frustrating to get through um, but yeah Besides that, it's, it's uh, pretty easy to complete. But um, as far as I know, you do not get anything for completing the game. I might be wrong about that because, yeah, I just completed it. Um, for me, after the game, I went into a room where I could check the stats for each, uh, for each world. Um, like all puzzle games uh, on Game Boy or any other system, for me, this game overstays its welcome. Um, it, it's just too long, sadly, and that's something that happens with a lot of these uh, these puzzle games. I think the one I like the most is Daedalian Opus. Um, I think that's 32 levels and then the game is done. This has like, what, too many. 200 rooms or something? It, it's crazy. Most of these Game Boy puzzle games have like more than 100 stages uh, in varying difficulty. Um, but yeah, that's too long. Unless you are playing it in the way it's intended to be played. These types of puzzle games, they're actually meant to be played like an hour, then an hour, some other time. Whenever you feel like doing a few puzzles and getting through them. Um, then it's also fun to have that much content for a game. Because you can play it for years and years, basically. 
for what we are doing, trying to complete games, uh, trying to get through an entire Game Boy library, basically, um, these games are really frustrating because we just want to move on. And um, that kind of results into getting angry at these games a lot. Um, it, it's just frustrating to having to play one game for like 14 or more hours constantly doing the same thing over and over again and really, really tiring out your brain because um, we go in sessions of, what, three to four hours each time? Um, it's very tiring and that also leads to frustration. And <laughs> again, I've apologized already to people who are watching me play this during <laughs> the final part of it. I wanted to get it over with, which uh, got me really, really, really mad. Um, it only has happened twice before, I think. Um, so yeah, apologies for anybody who was there during the live stream. Um, I actually did record the final thing offline afterwards, just so it wouldn't happen anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for people who were looking for a fun puzzle game to play for a very long time, definitely do this. Otherwise, just do not try to rush it at all. It's it's not going to be fun. Yeah, you'll, um, you'll need patience for this game. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's not a hard puzzle game. Again, so compared to other ones, this is a pretty easy one. Yeah. Um, what really got me especially was after these seven initial worlds, you get to the final world, which is, of course, the boss rush. Um, I was not in a state of mind to go from uh, <laughs> thinking two hours to... Just an action game. I, I was not ready for it, which also led to the frustration and me screaming a lot. Um, the you you're better off just finishing the seventh world, waiting a day, and then going back into the game. Uh, that's probably better because the next day I tried it again and I beat it like in twenty minutes or something. So um, the biggest problem with the final world, like uh, you already said, EBC, is the checkpoints. Um, I don't understand why they did not put a checkpoint before Jinmei. It's it's so crazy. Um, they want you to figure out his pattern by doing the bonus games, but it's a completely different setting than than those things. And um, maybe you've picked up the health potion, so you might have the ability to heal at least once. But the first time you're entering the Jinbei fight, you're just gonna get creamed it's it's a crazy fight if you don't know what you're doing um maybe a, a hint for people who are trying to play this game do not hit him with a ball <laughs> just do not hit him with a ball it messes up the entire fight sure does. uh oh yeah that's the only tip i can give you without spoiling too much but yeah not having not having a checkpoint before him uh always having to do the three other bosses again and again and again each time you fail is a big middle finger yeah. uh, towards the player compared to the rest of the game which gives you a checkpoint each time you beat a, um, a room actually so yeah but yeah that, that was those were my thoughts on the game yeah the uh the final boss jimbe is rough rough at first once you understand his movement is not bad, but mm. the first like two or three times going in there, 
be prepared to play the the last three or four, the the last two or three bosses again in in World Eight. The game is good. Don't get me wrong, but like I I did the same thing you did, where I once I finished World Seven, I dove immediately into World Eight, thinking that I was going to be doing some more puzzles and then face off against the final boss. And it was the complete opposite, where I'm all of a sudden a Mega Man boss rush against everything I just fought. And I'm like, hmm, okay. By the way, the best boss in the game is a snowman boss, though. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the most forward one, uh, I would say. The others are a little bit more puzzle-heavy. Um, the, the two brothers is the worst fight in the game, in my opinion. I still do not understand how to do it without getting hit. Watching uh, you do that fight is was it was frustrating for me to watch you do that fight. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I I still don't get him. I still don't get him. But again, like the first time I went into World Eight, I got to Jinbei in one go. Um, I had no Same. problems with any of the other bosses, and Jinbei just literally destroyed me and i was so uh, that already got me mad because i had no time to adjust to anything he was doing um and then i had to do yeah the the is she a mole i don't, I don't know, know what, what is she, she is. like yeah so you have the snowman you have the two brothers and you have uh, that other fight the first one takes a lot of time so it gets more frustrating because you can't hit her the second one, I just don't understand. <laughs> Whatever. And then the third one is nothing, basically. Um, but yeah, having to do that over and over and over and over. And I couldn't do it anymore. I was just tired out of my mind and I had to stop. Yeah, like I had a very similar experience. Like I got to Jinbei right away. Like as soon as I entered the boss rush and knew what was going, what was going on, I got to Jinbei first try and then I just got destroyed. And like if you've ever watched me play, like I laugh it off. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. And then, like after like the fourth time at Jinbei, like you can you can visually see my face getting mad and more frustrated at the game. And then it got to the point where like okay, like I started like putting my controller down, walking away from my computer to like take a break from the game for a bit, just so mm -hmm. I can like recalculate my brain to like do the fight. I was like, all right, okay, but yeah, sounds like Mo and I had a very similar <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. and I think a lot of people when playing the games like we do <laughs> for for our you know, system challenges will have the same experience. Yeah. So just a just a warning, just just take a break each world even or something like that. Um, yeah, take like twenty yeah. minutes and just walk away from your game. Go do something that's mind numbing, and then just come back to it with a fresh fresh set of eyes. That's like the best yeah. advice I could give someone for this game is take a break ever after every world and go do something. Go read. Yeah, anything, anything. Go do perlers. I don't know what people do in their free time anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't I don't have free time, so I don't know what it's like. Uh <laughs> speedrunning section though. This is this is legs' section here. Since she's the she's the dominant one trying to beg for speedruns with this game. Uh there is a leaderboard. Mm. There is a leaderboard on uh, speedrun.com. I don't know what the world record is. I think eight 
Does, I think Atros has it or some other person has it. I don't know. I just assume Atros has every world record in the world. So <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's Atros. I'm not sure. Um, but it's a it's an interesting game because there is a cool glitch. Oh, speedrun.com is broken apparently. So um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it has a, it has two categories. It has an any percent, which means for those of you that don't speedrun. Beat the game from start to finish as fast as possible using whatever exploits that you can find. Um, and then there's another category called all levels. Now, the any percent category is, is interesting because in the first world, once you get to the first checkpoint and enter the next next room, you're greeted with a steel ball, according to Mo, um, where you have to, I, I don't know what it is, a ball of some sort. Um, where you have to grab it and move backwards, I think it is. Yeah, move backwards as the T-Rex thing hits you. So, therefore, Muddy's, Muddy's X position is slightly off of the grid. Like, it's in between the tiles. And then it lets you walk basically out of bounds. And you just keep going up on the on the screen and then... I, at some point in time, you you start wrapping around the screen. You you press start. You you save and quit to the level select screen. And then there's magically a path to world eight, which you just go to world eight and do the entire boss rush plus Jimbe. Like that's any percent. I think the runs of that are like eight nine minutes long, something like that. Um, and then there's all stages, which. Utilizes a very similar, <laughs> similar glitch um, where, again, you set up the same thing in stage one, but instead of going all the way to world eight, you go to world two. And then there's another glitch where you hit yourself out of bounds, go and kill Sundays, and then go to world three. The same thing, hit yourself out of bounds, kill whoever that boss is, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, through on out. And I, th- and I think that's like a 15-minute speedrun, I think. I don't know. I speedrun.com doesn't work for me right now. Um, what I want to start seeing is some any percent glitch list and some all stages glitch list here. That's what I want to start seeing. Legs. <laughs> I think those are up though. Um, are they? And it's only one person who has done them. Was it legs? No, no. I don't know the net. Like if I don't have the site on me, I don't know yeah, either. I, so. I just tried loading the site and it was broken for me. So. Um, yeah. but I mean like the speed, if you're into speed running, um, like, like we say every episode, speed running is not a prominent thing for this podcast. Um, uh, we dabble in it, I guess you can call it that. Yeah. Um, but we don't, you know, it's not something that I particularly do much of anymore, nor, nor does Mo. Um, <laughs> nope. um, but it, it is an interesting speed run. It's a pretty precise speed run as well, because if you do something wrong, you'll soft lock the game or crash the game or do whatever. Like it's it's a pretty cool run. I, I would say if you mm. if you have a spare like ten minutes, go check it out. Uh go try it. It it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's also easy to learn. So it it's nothing special, it's just uh Knowing how to do the bosses basically in a set pattern. There's some that are RNG, yeah. uh, but most of them are, are really set in stone how you have to deal with them. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to learn, yeah. and you don't have to deal with any puzzles. 
basically. Well, a few, but like three. They are so simple. But they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not even, even puzzles. Yeah, they're just push the thing and yeah, they're, that's they're just it. go in, go underground here, come up here type deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when we come back, um, we'll talk about some community events coming up. Any viewer questions, outro, all that happy stuff. So stay tuned. We uh, neglected to say who the world record holders were for Mole Mania because we are just amazing speedrun people. <laughs> um, so we have Runix almost with a grand slam, as what we like to call it. Um, Runix has the world record in any percent with a 9 minute 16 second real time or a 7 minute and 9 second in game time. Uh, Runix is also uh, the world record holder for any percent glitchless. Um, and then all levels, uh, every everything, uh, view rules, um, beat each level with its respective bosses. Uh, I don't see anything in here about out of bounds at all. So uh, the real record holder for this is uh, Yumi Subasa CH uh, from Switzerland. Yeah, with a uh, hour, 5 minute, 28 seconds real time, 50 minute, 51 second in game time. Um, and the any percent glitches, like I said, is from Runix. Uh, one hour, fifty nine minutes, forty two seconds real time, and one hour, forty one minutes and thirty seconds in game time. Um, played on the Game Boy Player, and the other one was played on an emulator. So, uh, yeah. When we come back, um, I th I think we closed. I don't know. Legs, you're you're good at putting this stuff. I don't remember what I said in the episode. We'll talk about some community events coming up. Any viewer questions, outro, all that happy stuff. So stay tuned. events the only one that i know of coming up is midwest speed fest's winter marathon and i don't even remember what they called it something like <laughs> something like midwinter speed fest i think it is if um, you're interested go look up midwest speed fest on twitter or contact count 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 gooby um he's one of the admins for it uh they they have their submissions on speedrun.com it's a pretty easy process. Uh, during the day, if you're from Midwest America, so that's like Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, things like that, um, you can come to the event. It's at a it's at a hotel in uh, uh, I already forgot where. It's somewhere in Minneapolis. <laughs> I forgot the suburb. And um, during the day, from like 10 a.m. to like 10 p.m., uh, it's all on-site runs. And then anytime after, so anytime after 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. 
is all online run. So those are worldwide runs. So you can be in Europe, you can be on the West Coast, East Coast, you can be anywhere you possibly want to be and still get a run in. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty small organization, but they're all very, very awesome people. So super recommend it if you're into speed running, into submitting for marathons. So when does this take place exactly? February something. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> just wondering because um, when this episode is airing, we're already in 2019. So happy new year, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy new year. Um, so yeah, if, if it was still in December, that would have been a problem, of course. Because uh, yeah, I think when our previous episode comes out, or came out for the people who are listening to this. Uh, we were talking about uh, Power Up with Pride, which is happening right... Well... No, not right now. During that episode, yeah. it was happening right now. If that makes sense. Too confusing? Moving on. Oh, here they go. They called it Midwinter Speed Sprinter. That's a mouthful. There, there, there we go. Um, <laughs> let's see wow. here. It will take place from February 22nd to the 24th. So, and submissions submissions close on January twenty second. So, lots, yeah, lots so of time. You basically have a month to submit. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Just if you do go to the event, expect cosplay and don't be weird out like I was with it. So, um, <laughs> one of my bucket lists in life was to see cosplay in real life and then when i went to midwin mid midwinter mid midwest speed fest because they did it during the uh during some sort of con at the hotel that sgdq was at i went there and it was just cosplay everywhere and i'm just like well this was on my bucket list but now it's off because i don't ever want to see this again <laughs> okay <laughs> it, it was just weird for me i was just like i i don't know uh, <laughs> i can live without it <laughs> <laughs> but uh so we don't have any actual viewer questions but i do have a question for you sure all right why do you think mole mania was not well received uh i just think it it came out too late um the the or the classic game boy was quote unquote dying back then nobody really cared anymore um I think that will be the main reason. I'm not sure if puzzle games actually ever sold well on Game Boy as well. Um, there are billions of them on the system, but I don't think they were ever um, highly regarded. So maybe that's another problem. Um, maybe they didn't advertise it well enough. I have no idea. I feel like puzzle games were catered to the adult audience. So, like, the games like Mahjong, Hyperload Runner, Boxhole, things like that. I feel like those types of games were meant to be catered towards the adult audience. Because, let's face it, Game Boy, like, the Game Boy was catered to children. Like, yeah. straight up. Um, but, obviously, to try and push the envelope a bit, you gotta make some adult-based games as well. Lethal Weapon, True Lies puzzle games because you know adults probably don't have a lot of time on their hands <laughs> um we're not adults by the way um <laughs> so you know they're probably catering to that like okay this average adult probably only wants to play the game boy when he's on the tram 
or when they're on a bus or, you know, an hour when they need to take an hour break from work, you know, whatever, things like that. So mm-hmm. what's the best type of game for that? A puzzle game or Tetris. Is Tetris a puzzle game? Yeah. yeah whatever. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just always call it Tetris. Yeah. Not, not like it's, it, it's different. It's, I think they need a, a new genre just for what, types of What genre is Tetris? Tetris. I don't know. Tetris. <laughs> it's, it's Tetris. Um, <laughs> But I think that's one of the reasons why, like, you look at Mole Mania versus, say, Hyperload Runner. I'm going to somehow gonna compare these two together. Uh, you look at Mole Mania versus Hyperload Runner just to cover art. Because back then, we didn't have the internet. The only thing we had to tell us if a game was good or not was was either Nintendo Power or some random magazine that if you wanted to buy it, go ahead. Um, so if you look at the cover art for Mole Mania versus, like, Hyperload Runner, like, Mole Mania looked very childish. Like the, the art style was very childish, clean but childish, cartoony. Mm, Hyper mm. Load Runner it had a cartoony element to it, but I feel like a, an average working adult could compare them, could see themselves on the cover more so than Molt Mania because Hyper Load Runner they're pushing around, or no, Boxel, Boxel they're pushing around boxes and stuff like that, right? Mm. Everyday average workload type deal. So I think that might be one of the reasons why. Um, I do know Nintendo Power did make a promo for Molemania. I actually own that 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 volume of of, okay. of Nintendo Power. Um, don't know where it's at. It's in a box somewhere. But I know I do own it because I remember seeing it as a kid. Uh, and I just went right past it because, yeah, I was playing something else at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it could be because it was so late. It could be because like the cover, the box cover, just didn't appeal to a lot of to like the the adult audience, maybe, or maybe even kids at the time. Like I remember when I bought a video game, like if the cover like wasn't action packed, gory, or whatever else, like I probably <laughs> didn't buy it. Honestly, like that's how I was as a kid. Like as a nineties as a nineties kid, eighties and nineties kid. Like I like cartoony stuff unless it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers didn't really appeal to me that much, you know? And like those cartoons like were fairly violent, you know, looking back mm-hmm, retrospect, mm-hmm. they were fairly violent. So like eighties and nineties to growing up, like it was all like action packed, blood, gore, violence, you know, America, guns, everything else. Like I was like and I was drawn to that as a kid. And so, like, if I saw something like Molemania on the shelf, I would have honestly looked right past it to, like, True Lies or Lethal Weapon or something of, of that nature, so. Yeah, yeah. It, the cover does look like one of, like, it's a, based on a cartoon made for little children. Um, yeah. Even though it, it's a it's a great cover, but it, it does uh, feel that way, so um, it's like... If you would see the Pingu game uh, back when you were a kid, you would be like, oh, "That's Pingu. That's that's kid stuff. I don't want to play that." What so, a good yeah, game! That's, it is a good game, though. That's true. Nowadays, we can look back at it and be like, "Oh man, yeah, <laughs> that's a damn good yeah, game." Yeah, and like if Nubo would have came out in America, like I would have looked at it and be like, <laughs> "What the heck is a Nubo? What is a Nubo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is this?" Why does this look so dumb? And like, I would have looked right past it again. But like, if yeah. I was in, Japan, yeah. but if I lived in Japan, like, I would have praised it. Apparently, you know. So like, there's obviously like a regional thing as well to this. So 
Yeah, yeah. Speaking of this cover, like we didn't have any questions, but uh, Toucan Sam did say, "Oh, I thought that character was Winnie the Pooh when I first saw it." So that's that's what I mean. Like, um, it does look like uh, one of those, right. yeah, kids cartoons, basically. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, or originally this game was gonna be called Pooh Mania, uh, but then they couldn't release it in China, so they changed it actually to Mole Mania. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's no, nobody's gonna get this joke. Do, do you even get this I joke? I don't even get it. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, let me let me just. Uh... <laughs> All right, so Kingdom Hearts three is gonna come out in a few uh, weeks, actually, um, and as always, there is a part with Winnie the Pooh in it, um, like in the other games, but. Apparently, some people in China were comparing their... Is it president? Is it the president of China? Is it the, the emperor of China? That's it. They were comparing him to Winnie the Pooh. And he got so mad that he banned all uh, imagery of Winnie the Pooh in the entirety <laughs> of China. That's amazing. So, so Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out in China... And Square Enix had to do something because otherwise they could not release their game there. So what they did, and this is no joke, they just blurred out Winnie the Pooh in all the cutscenes he's in. They did not remove the part about Winnie the Pooh. He's still there, but you just can't see him. And it's it, ridiculous funny. That's fantastic. I didn't, I didn't know about that at all. That's fantastic, though, knowing about that. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend looking it up how the cutscenes look like without waiting. Imagine being so mad point. that you were like, imagine being so mad because you were compared to a Disney character. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, censoring, great, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, with that, I think we're gonna close out this episode uh hope you guys enjoyed yeah, this is a pretty long episode to this be is a honest very long episode yeah yeah for a relatively long game like it took me like 15 and a half hours i think to beat this game so yeah me 14 i believe so yeah yeah but uh, i hope you guys did enjoy this episode and even though mo and i had some negative thoughts about the game uh it's a good game go play it uh Go tell us, you know, go tell us your thoughts of the game in either Discord, Twitter, mm-hmm. wherever else people talk on the internet. Um, it's 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 not bad. Like I said, it just requires some patience. Uh, yeah, for sure. So with that, uh, if you have any thoughts, suggestions, whatever else on the podcast, you know, obviously put them in the Discord, which you can find a link below in the description section of SoundCloud. Uh, or you can head over to the website uh, gbrunners.com slash TIGB. Uh, and there, there is an, also a link to Discord. Also links to mine, Legs, and Mula's uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Um, yeah. And obviously you can hit us both up on Discord as well. So, uh, yeah. All right, say so where we can find us, but uh, we'll uh, we'll try to put our playthrough videos in the description as well. I I only have two, so 
part one, part two. Yeah. You have a hundred. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's five or six parts uh, for Mole Mania alone, but then I just usually link the first one. I'm trying to update all the um, previous episodes as well if we have a playthrough available from us during our... Um, our system challenge um, if people want to check that out so they can uh, can do that they can find a link there um and yeah if, if you want anything if you have anything to say about me like stop making jokes nobody understands without explaining them first uh you can just contact me indeed on the twitters on the twitchers and on the on the youtubers so yeah speaking of youtube my hercules video is just- Blowing up. Blow, yeah, blowing. Don't, oh, God. Most popular YouTuber in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. King James it's, it's Bi- like my... King James Bible and Hercules. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's Tokyo <laughs> Disneyland, uh, which I don't even know what I'm doing while playing that game, so I have I no idea why game. people... I, I'm legit going to play that game on stream. It looked, yeah, it looked fun. The mini games are all right, but it's the quiz part that you cannot do because... You have no idea what uh, what they are even asking. So yeah, Maru's that's, mission that's all problem. over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Japanese Maru mission all over again. Oh boy! So there's a quiz in one of them. It's it's not the same riddle as you get in the American version. Oh, it's like you have to guess like worse. how like it's, it's like a number, and you're like, well, I pfft. I couldn't even tell you oh, what the okay. answer was right now. I always guess it. I somehow get it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sucks. So yeah, we do have a Patreon, don't we, Mo? We do, and uh, we've said it twice before uh, (laughs) that we have a Patreon, (laughs) but we never actually said what our link to Patreon (laughs) is, but I guess you could have guessed what it is. It's patreon.com slash thisisgameboy. So so yeah, you people can find us there if you want to support us. Um, Again, we have two tiers right now, but we are expanding um whenever we can because lex is also doing some stuff in the background that could be very cool for people uh in the future and um i hope i'm correct because i only actually know uh, the real name of the first person to become a patron um so but i think it's san dimas or san dimas um who, who actually became our first patron so shout outs to him Thank you very much for that. So, yeah, next episode. Yeah, we, we, like I promised. We got to catch them all? We, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not, though, but, but... We, we are, we are going to catch a majority of them. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're going we're gonna to catch some, some things, and then we're going to compare it to when we first tried to catch them things. So many years ago, so. PLD probably has all 151 shinies, including a shiny Mew, which you can't even get, so. Yeah, knowing him, yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably. He's probably got, yeah. like, fifth generation Pokemon in his Gen 1 game, because, you know, PLD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for listening to Mole Mania. We'll see you next time. Later, man.
Ladies, if you hear me snore on the microphone, I fell asleep.